All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's your buddy Gavin, filibuster freestyle, bonjour to my folks in France, and hello to everybody else as well. Um, today we're going to bring back a guest from our Best Man Speech podcast series out in the Twin Cities of Minnesota, our buddy Abe Wolislassi. And Abe is going to talk about a few things today, most uh, prominently, I guess, Minnesota Vikings fever, where it is here in the uh, Say AFL, goodness gracious, the NFL playoffs. Um, it's getting to the point where I can't keep blaming my speech impediment on my surgery or my inability to articulate things clearly on my surgery. But man, calling them the AFL playoffs, that's like some time machine stuff right there to the 1960s. Anyway, Abe will talk about that. Abe is also going to talk about some professional development stuff. Uh, I'm not going to give too much up about it right now, but Abe's got a very interesting job. He's got a leadership position in that job, and I'm going to ask him a couple of questions because, frankly, it actually is very pertinent to uh, my career at the moment as well. Uh, I'm not sure how much news I will or won't give on this pod about that directly, but Abe's a good guy to talk to. So um, I don't think there's going to be a theme song on this one, but... We'll see. My guess is no. If I had to uh, bet on what I'm going to do in a couple seconds, we're up against the time where I need to call Abe, so we'll see. But Filibuster Freestyle, as always, we appreciate you listening. Subscribe on SoundCloud, on Spotify, on Deezer, on Apple Podcasts, on Google Play Music, or anywhere else. You can also go on filibusterfreestyle.com and follow us on Instagram or Twitter at filibusterfreestyle. Tell a friend, word of mouth, but also rate the pod review the pod, and um, let people find the show by doing those things. So thanks for listening again. Here comes Abe, live from the Twin Cities, on the Filibuster Freestyle. Filibuster, Filibuster Freestyle. Filibuster, Filibuster. Oh, yeah, as promised, from the Twin Cities, Abe Walteslassi, my man, how are you, buddy? Gavin, doing great, man. Great to hear from you, and uh, things will be here. Good. I was talking to the folks uh, on the pre before I hit the theme song on the pre-show preamble, if you will, and I had mentioned that you were uh, a veteran of the Best Man Speech Podcast edition of The Freestyle. Did an awesome job last spring. Got me ready for my brother's uh, wedding, and uh, that went great, by the way, so... Your advice was well, well, uh, well put, well placed. I, and for those who are looking, hear, yeah, yeah, for those who are looking for some best man advice, definitely go back to the archives and and look at that. But let's let's talk about a couple things. Number one, you're in Minnesota right now. Um, it's a part of the country that I think people are like, yeah, like the Twin Cities are cool. A lot of good music comes out of there. A lot of good food, culture, etc. But to two things people think about in the fall or the winter in Minnesota, I think besides hockey are. How cold is it there and the Minnesota Vikings? So let's start with how cold is it there. What's the weather there today? Yeah, man. You know, it's it's probably uh, low teens right now, which is actually pretty good for, for this time of year. But, yeah, definitely um, – I don't know. You just kind of adjust, right? You just yep. layer up. I think that's the, you know, we have guys on our, our team here. We have a, a kid from Puerto Rico. We mm. have a guy on our team from Pakistan. We got a guy from Georgia and Florida, you know, so kind of warm climates, but um, you just, you, you tell them when they get here, get a thicker jacket, get a thicker hat, more gloves, and, and uh, you're good to go. Yeah. Yeah. So it's funny when I, when, when I and you both used to live up in Hanover, New Hampshire, same deal. You just got to 
adjusts. You know, 40 is the new 50, 30 is the new 20 is the new 30, you know? And, exactly, and, and exactly. any day, any day over 32 degrees Fahrenheit is a good day, you know? Um, but, but what I've noticed too, and we'll get into it in a bit for the listeners, you obviously know, but I'm about to move back north, not that far north, but I've started already, Abe, to not wearing a jacket around Charlotte to get used to, uh, you know, get my blood thicker. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, no, it, it definitely, you know, cause it, like you, I was, I was in North Carolina and I moved up to New York for a couple of years and you gotta, you gotta readjust, but, um, you know, I don't know, we both grew up with it. You know, you got four seasons, and yeah. Um, and again, winters are cold here. You get snow, but we get a lot of sun here, which is nice. And uh, you know, whenever I'm talking with recruits on the phone, you know, you'll ask, I'll ask them, "Would you consider yourself tough or soft?" And no one has ever said soft. Right. Your crew kid, you know. So you're like, "Hey, I'm tough." Well, it's like, "Hey, come up here and prove it." You gotta be, oh. you gotta be tough to handle handle these conditions. But oh, I love but it. You want to be surrounded by tough people. Only so. the strong survive. That's right. <laughs> Exactly. I love exactly, it, man. So. Well, that's actually a good recruiting pitch. I like it. It's like because nobody, nobody's going to say, "Oh, you know what, coach? I'm soft." <laughs> no one's a, yeah, they might, they might maybe think in their head they are, but they've no one, no one has yet said that. Yeah, no so. one's going to answer with, so. "You know what? I'm, I'm pretty soft. I'll stay." So we say, "Hey, come, come here and prove it." Well, when you say you got a kid from Puerto Rico and Florida and Georgia and Pakistan, I mean, yeah, those kids are proving it. <laughs> For sure, they're For proving sure. it. Well, listen, speaking of tough guys, though they do play indoors. Um, the Minnesota Vikings, you know, I feel like, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think they've ever won the Super Bowl. They've had four appearances in the Super Bowl with Fran Tarkington days back in the day. But I know it's a diehard fan base. So, like, what's the buzz in the city after last week's big win down in New Orleans and then facing, I think, the Niners, the number one seed this week? Yeah, so, no, you're, you're absolutely right. I think there are two franchises um, that have lost four Super Bowls and haven't won. It's us and the Bills. Mm-hmm. So, um so yeah, we haven't been since the the seventies, but uh, maybe this is our year. You know, and I think everyone's excited. You know, the Saints. Uh, you know, a couple of years ago, we had the everyone calls it the Minneapolis miracle, yes. where Diggs caught that that touchdown late with no time left, and we kind of stunned the Saints. And you know, anytime you're playing against Breeze, you know the one of the best quarterbacks ever. I, I think people were worried, but um, our defense has been pretty good all year, and uh, you know, Kirk Cousins gets a catches a lot of flack. You know, they. They said he hadn't won a Monday night game ever, and you know he hasn't won a big playoff game. And so um, to go into overtime in New Orleans, yeah, uh, there's a lot, lot of excitement here, you know. And I think uh, obviously Rudolph had the, had the big catch late. Uh, Adam Thielen, a receiver, uh, hurt his ankle or something in, in the uh, practice a couple days ago, so no one knows how that's going to turn out. But uh, I don't know, you know, you get the 49ers. I mean, yeah, they're the number one seed, but. I think when you're winning like the 49ers have been and now all of a sudden, you know, you've got a week or two off. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Maybe there'll be a little bit of rust and, and really we're going in with that mentality of uh, obviously the Vikings are maybe expected to lose. So um, there's really no pressure on the Vikings. And um, I, I think everyone here, you know, at least in the Twin Cities is really pumped about it. So um, I, I think it's going to be a great game. I, you know, when you look at, the reason we beat the Saints, you know, the Saints had two turnovers, yep, right, like yep. in that game. And and so, um, you know, they hadn't had tur- two turnovers all season. So as long as we can take care of the ball, or I, I trust our defense. And, and um, you know, Dalvin Cook's pretty healthy. Yeah, so, yeah, for sure. Uh, everyone's pretty excited. Everyone's pretty excited. Yeah, I mean, I think if you look at it, and you mentioned Kirk Cousins, um, the good news for Kirk Cousins, besides the fact that he just won a really high-stakes game on the road, which, you know, is, is its own validation of Mr. I can't win the big game, but – 
they don't play any playoff games on Monday nights, right? So, so if Monday really is his curse, and I don't think it is, that's that's silly to say. But at the very at the very least, he proved last week he can probably win anywhere, and and they don't play any playoff or Super Bowl games on Monday night. So so even if he goes over his career on Monday night, he can still win a ring, and uh, I think it's a good way to look at it. And then you mentioned it, but you're right. I mean. You've got a relatively healthy defense and offense, especially if Adam Thielen's all right. And you've got two really talented receivers, you know, number one type receivers. You've got a good tight end. You've got a great running back. You've got a quarterback we just mentioned, which is balanced attack, right? And then their defense is, yeah, like it's sneaky good getting to the point where it's no longer sneaky good. It's just good. So, yeah, yeah. You got to like that. You got to like that. As as your guy Kurt would say, you like that? Exactly, man. Yeah, I I like it. I'm ready to roll, and I, you know, it's, I think it's going to be a great game, and um, you know, we'll, we'll see how it all shakes so, out. So, does the city? I, sorry, man. Does the city like? Uh, you know how here, here in Charlotte, people put like the car the car flags on their cars, and it kind of gets all panthered out. Like, what what do people do to get fired up for playoff fever up in Minnesota? Anything different than like I would have seen anywhere else in the country? Or you know, I mean, you see a ton of commercials. You see everything on the news. You're you're walking around and you'll see like um, it's really cool. Like some of the bridges in town, like the, the lights change, and yep. so you'll cool. see like some purple, and then the. Um, the U.S. Bank, where they play, that changes, like, the colors and everything. So, um, yeah, you, you just hear people are talking about it. You're trying to figure out where you're going to go to watch it. And, yeah. and so it's, it's a big – especially now, you know, I, I was actually at the Timberwolves last night. They, they beat the play. It was actually kind of a tangent, but um, – Saw Carmelo for the first time. Which oh, nice. was pretty cool. So the the Blazers didn't play so well, but um, but even even there at the Timberwolves game, you know they're showing some things. Kyle Rudolph was sitting baseline with his wife, and so they show him on the big screen, and everyone stands up. And, yep. And um, PJ Fleck, the Gopher coach, was there, uh, Gopher football. So, uh, well, by the way, they had a great year. As oh well. yeah, I was going to say. Be, speaking be, of be good Auburn. football, yeah. Speaking of good football teams, and, and that game against Auburn was fantastic. They really had it together. Yeah, major. I mean, you know, I, I think people were bummed that uh, you know we lost to Wisconsin that last. If we would have beat them, you know, you're, you're probably in the Rose Bowl at that point. Yeah, right. And um, but you know, to, the year they had going eleven and two, win the Outback Bowl, beat Auburn. It was it was their best year since like 1904, 1905 or something. Yeah. So, Can't beat that. <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah. So I know, but I think. Um, right now, just in general, you know, everyone's kind of behind the Vikings, and um, I think everyone. Yeah, you obviously want to win, but you just want to see a great game either way. Yeah, for sure. Hey, would you say two questions more about the kind of the Vikings and Minnesota sports vibe, and then we'll get into a couple other things. But number one, with the with the Gophers being such a big fan base too, like, is it is it like similar size fan bases, or is the Vikings fan base bigger in terms of football fandom, or does does he even notice that, or? You know, I, I think this year was pretty special for the Gophers, and like you know, when we we hosted Penn State, um, and it was it was an unbelievable game, and then obviously Wisconsin that last game of the year. But um, I, I would say, generally speaking, it's more of a pro sports town, at, at least the Vikings with the yeah. Gophers. And, and again, people really got behind the Gophers this year, and they had unbelievable. And maybe maybe that changes things. You know, I mean, when you go eleven and two, um, I mean that's a pretty special year. So. It's amazing what what PJ Fleck and, and the staff and those guys have done, but um, I, you know I, I would say I, I've been here. You know, I'm 34 now, so as growing up as, as a kid and throughout kind of my adult life, I would say the Vikings are are the premier team. Yeah. Uh, you know that people follow. So. Nice. No, that kind of makes sense. It's a it's a big city. It's a pro sports town. You know. Um, and then where where not necessarily where are you going to be to watch the game, but like if you 
had to tell, give somebody in the Twin Cities, like, hey, here's where you should go watch the game. Do you have a place in mind? Man, I would, I would probably want to be somewhere downtown. Um, there, I mean, there, there are a bunch of different sports bars, but um, I, I don't like. I'm going to be watching at, at one of my friends' house with a bunch sure. of people, but, but. Um, you know, I, I think, and there's a, a Joe Sensors. It's kind of a famous sports bar here that a lot of people will go to nice. and um, and watch it. But I'm, I'm more of a sit on the couch. I don't know. I yeah. I, uh, I love watching football. I can't watch every single second of every. I, get, I need a little bit of a distraction. So sure. Well, I like hanging out at the house and watching it. Yeah, so. a house is perfect because you can kind of choose your own level of of an involvement in the game. But if you really want to zone into the game, it's also the best yeah. place to be. It's also the best place to be. Like it's. You're amongst friends. You're probably amongst all people who are rooting for the same outcome. Um, if you got to get a little wild, no one's going to hold it against you. But you know, you're not at a bar, so you're not going to get kicked out if you are. You know, it's, it's all a good thing. Exactly. Exactly. So no, I, I think everyone here is pretty excited, and and um, again, I, I think I think it's going to be a great game. And yeah. we, at, at this time of year, I, like any time, but really, confidence is, is everything. And now to say, hey, we went on the road and beat the Saints, who you know most people. Most um, pundits didn't think it was going to happen. Now you go to San Francisco and you're the underdog again, and and um, a lot of times that that having that underdog mentality is mm-hmm. is going to is going to keep them hungry. And and um, again, there's no pressure. I mean, if, if the Vikings lose, I mean, everyone thought they were going to lose anyway. So just go out there, take care of the ball, and and uh, and find a way. Yeah, no, no question. Well, I will tell you what, I'm not going to. Put the the uh, the hex on your team by saying that I'm rooting for them to do well, because that wouldn't be fair to the Minnesota Vikings fans. You guys need, but but I do. I will say this: it's a pretty cool story. It's brewing, um, and it's one worth talking about. So I appreciate getting a native, you know, Minnesota sports fan, a guy who grew up around there, to talk about it in the freestyle. Because like I told you on the very brief pre-show, I don't think we've ever talked Minnesota Twin City sports on this on this uh, podcast before. So I wanted to break. Break ground in 2020 with that, and I appreciate you letting me do that part of it for uh, sure. I love it, man. Anytime you, you need a, a Midwestern or at least a Minnesota guy, man, you, you know you can call me. So No doubt. I like that. It's good having <laughs> some people in the central time zone, you know? Um, so so gotcha. the, the other thing, you know, relative to 2020 and, you know, you know, new year, new me is what they like to say, right? But, you know, you talk about the ability to get new jobs and things like that, and I happen to be getting a new job, and I'm not going to go too far into it other than to say – that it's going to be a step up in terms of responsibility and leadership. And, and one of the reasons I also wanted to have you on is you as a head coach of a, of a program at the college level, you know, this is your first head coaching gig. And, and you, yeah. this is something I would do even if I didn't have a podcast. I probably want to talk to you and others. I'm just like, you know, when you go from, from knowing a good portion of the job as an assistant coach, say, to having to kind of either know all the job or step up in terms of X, Y, and Z, you know, what are some of the do's and don'ts or just like things that you've, you've realized over the last, you know, couple of years you've been doing this. So wanted to bring you on and hopefully do that. And if anybody wants a little kind of like moving on up professional development uh, info or, or advice, you know, stick around for, for this part of the show. But I guess what I'd say is what was the biggest thing moving as a head into, to the head coaching role for the first time that like that you didn't like you, you try to be, go in with being like, I know that I don't know everything. But what was one of the things that you were just like, Oh man, I didn't realize that was going to happen. Anything like that? Yeah, I guess for for me it was just realizing how much outside of actual basketball, mm. like things that had to get whether it's it's budgeting, whether it. I mean, obviously the recruiting piece we know, but um, getting to know people on campus, uh, getting to know a, more. And I, I went here, so I knew a lot of alums, but just being able to connect with so many different people across campus that 
that are both currently here and that were here in the past um, that that maybe didn't have anything to do with X's and O's or game strategy or film, but had a major impact on the program. So um, there are just times where, you know, you step off for practice and you want to watch film, but there there are calls you have to return or there are, you know, reports you got to finish up or meetings you got to have. And that, that doesn't necessarily have a direct impact on the win or loss that next day. But when you're trying to develop a whole program, those things are are critical. So yeah, that's what um, just, just how much time that, that those things take. Mm -hmm. I don't think I fully realized till I got the job. That's, that's good. That's really good to like, that's really good advice. I mean, I think you're right because it all goes into the greater picture, right? So that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think the, the biggest thing for me, and this is my second year now, but, um, just, you know, and I have two assistants, but really being able to delegate and, you know, when, when you're finally a head coach or, you know, you're finally an athletic director and you've worked so hard to get to that point, um, a lot of times, you know, it, it's easy to want to be um, control hungry, right? Yeah, and just sure. and nitpick, and because at the end of the day, it's kind of on you at that point. So, you, I don't know. For me, I felt that trying to figure out well what really matters, what sort of matters, and what are some things that maybe you can not put off for a while, but just some things that maybe aren't so immediate. Yeah, and and being able to figure out you know what three boxes do, do those things fill and um and, and again being able to de- delegate and, and just trust your assistants because i think you know I, I hired two assistants and, and the reason i hired them is to do a job so you got to be able to let them do their job and, and give them some direction but let them yeah um, you know make mistakes when they make mistakes and 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 let them kind of run with it yeah no, that's good advice too what, what um going into your second year and now that you're in it like have things quote slowed down a little bit in terms of like the speed at which, like, you know, like anything time something's new, you're like, you're quote drinking from the fire hose. Right. But like, have you seen kind of a quote, like the game slows down a little bit in terms of all those extra responsibilities now that it's your second time through or, or, or is there just so much that you're adding that not really like, where are you on that? Yeah, no, I, I think there's a confidence that comes with going into year two and just understanding how, you know, you're going to coach or you're going to lead as an AD and how, just how things work at the institution. You know, every school has their own way of doing business. And so just understanding the ebbs and flows of McAllister as a coach. And, you know, I went to school here and I play basketball here, but that's a totally different experience than working here. So just knowing, you know, who, who, if I need X, Y, and Z, who can I go to? Or if someone needs something for me, I know how to handle that. And, um, I just think that's something you can't really know in year one. Yeah. Right. Um, and you just have to go through that and you have to go through some of those meetings on campus and you have to go through certain protocols and, and just how, how things were done at the previous schools I've been at, you know, are, are different in some ways than here. So, um, so yeah, I, I do think year two things have, have slowed down a bit, which is, is um is a good thing yeah for sure well because then like to, to your point you can get that much more done with the limited time you have to do those x's and o's or to do that recruiting or whatever it is that you know maybe last year if trying to figure out what to do with something took twice as long well now you've just bought yourself some time right which is the most precious yeah. resource exactly exactly and then i think even too just for the players they they know what to expect. I mean, coming you know, uh, obviously Division three rules are different than Division one, and so you have limited, you have less time to work with them in the off season yep. than you do at a Division one program. So coming into last year, you know, I, I was hired in May, and the first time I was on the court with my guys was in October, 
right? So for that whole summer, because of our rules, I wasn't able to work with them. And so right. um, huh. now going into year two after our season ended in year one, they already knew what to expect going into year two rather than us starting fresh October 15th. So yeah, um, so that, that I think the transition with – just our players and our staff um, just made things a lot easier this year, you know, thus far. So Yeah. Now you mentioned going to Division Three from Division One, which is something I'm about to do myself. Um, yeah. And like you, I was a Division Three athlete, and I coached a little bit in Division Three. So, like, quote, I get it, but also it's been a long time. What, what would you say – I mean, obviously the rules you just alluded to. The rules are very different. Um, but, like, in terms of the mentality of the players and, like, your fellow coaches out there – do you feel like it's pretty similar to D1? It's just at a different, like, quote, level, literally, in terms of the rules and everything else? Or do you do, do you actually find there are some differences mentality-wise? And, again, that's very broad-based because everybody's different, but, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, well, so the, the one obvious difference is there are scholarships in D1 and not D2, athletic scholarships, right? Correct, correct. So, so the aid that our guys get, it's either need-based or, or merit-based scholarships. So... Because of that in Division One, a, a lot of times your your sole kind of focus is. I mean, yeah, you, of course you're going to class and, and school is really important, but um, but you're on scholarship, so you're, you're literally getting paid to play the sport that you know whatever sport you're playing. So yeah. here, that's not the case. So like some of our guys have you know internships and jobs, and they a- athletics are still a really really important part of their life, but. It's not um, maybe as it's probably not as cutthroat, or there's just again you're just limited as a coach in terms of how many hours you can work with with your, your players in Division Three, and so um, they they have a lot of other interests. There are times where you know we have uh, one of our two of our players are physics and stats double majors, and so there are times where you know super super bright guys, and there are times where they'll have a lab, and so maybe they're coming to practice 15 to 20 minutes late, or you know one of our you know, we have six of our 13 players are economics majors, which is a really cool thing. And it's a really, really difficult major here. But there are times where they maybe they have a test they got to prepare for. So they leave for a, a, like a study period, you know, 15 minutes early or yep. whatever. So, um, but I, I think because in Division Three they're not on scholarship. They're, you, you talk about love for the game. Yep. Like, what, you know, you're not, you're not on TV. You're not traveling across the country um you're playing because you truly love the sport and there's a joy that comes with that and so i've just felt coming back here and coming back home um again even though we may not get as much time to work with them the time we do get everyone's really bought in and and everyone's in it together which um makes it fun and and winning and losing whether it's d1 or d2 or d3 it feels the same you win you're (laughs) elated you lose you feel like crap and you can't sleep and and so that that doesn't change at all yeah that's fair it's uh it's a great and and again there's whatever division that is i mean each each kid has to figure out what what's the best fit for them but um but i think our guys you know really enjoy this experience and um they get to be a part of different clubs on campus they get to have more time home with their families during break. And, um, and so when they are here, I think they're refreshed and, and they're ready to work. So, yeah, yeah. You, that love of the game thing is really important. You know, you're, you're, you're quote, you know, you're dealing with a volunteer army. Cause to your point, you know, even if they came to play basketball as part of their experience, like there's no financial incentive tuition wise to keep playing basketball. So, you know, not only do they have to love it, but you know, it's on you or me or whomever, as coaches and administrators to hopefully make it rewarding and fun if possible, Yeah, you know, cause, cause yeah, it's a volunteer army, you know? 
Yeah, yeah, and, and I even talk at, at our at McAllister, you know, we don't we don't have fraternities here, we don't have sororities, so in a lot of ways, our team, you know, becomes like a fraternity, and they spend a lot of time together, and so having having someone that understands your you know your academic loads and your your basketball load and, and just yep. how to understand the time management piece and how to learn the, the lessons you learn just being a part of a team I, we say guys you know you're going to stop playing here when you're 21 or 22 years old that you'll remember these lessons the rest of your life and yes and there, there's value in that so um 100 yeah it, it's it's been it's been a great great experience coming back and and i think you know, to be able to play like you're, you're kind of going back close to home, and as is I, um, to be able to, to try to have an effect on on young people in your hometown or, or nearby, it's um, it, it's an amazing feeling, and yeah. you know, wouldn't, wouldn't trade it for anything. So cool. Okay, here's the last one that I've planned, and then you know, I'll see if you've got anything else that's like it that maybe I missed that you think is important to add in for the folks listening, and for me, most importantly, because you know, I'm asking this of you on the air, but also because I want to know, but um. You as a coach, right? So, you know, you're there to support your coaches, your assistants. You're obviously there to support your players and vice versa. But, you know, what do you, you know, and I happen to know your athletic director, so I'm not trying to, you know, <laughs> I'm not trying to do any. This is more about like an vacuum. You trying to get me in trouble here? Yeah, no, this is more in a vacuum than it is uh, anything else. But as a, as a coach or as coaches in general, people that you've known and worked with, worked for, et cetera, you know, what do you think that more, you know, again, Everybody needs an AD to be different for their personality or their situation. But for you, if there's one or maybe two traits tops that like really seem ubiquitously important for an athletic director to exhibit, you know, what, what do you think? For an AD, I would say I think it's important to challenge your coaches. And, and I think my AD, uh, Donnie, does a great job of that and doing it in the right way. Yep. Um, and I think – you know, like he, he actually talks about blind spots, right? Like, so there, there are things we all have our own blind spots. Mm-hmm. So being honest about that and saying, Hey, like, I, I don't see X, Y, or Z. Can you help me out? Right. And like being able to challenge me on the things maybe I don't see and how I can maybe move that mirror a little bit so I can, I those blind spots are removed or at least minimized yeah. is really important. And then I think secondly, um, I don't expect you know, if, if as a coach, if I ask my AD for A, B, C, D, E, and F, you know, I don't expect to get all of it. I don't even expect to get half of it. But but what I do hope is that he'll listen or she, he or she will yep. at least just hear me out and say, hey, you know, we can't do D, E, and F. We can do C next week. But how about we can do A and B today or whatever. Yeah, you know, whatever for, for sure. Yeah. Like just like I, I don't expect, you know, but but to be able to say, ah, no, we can't do any of it and, and not feel like you're heard, I think is a problem. So, yeah. Um, Again, I, we don't. Life is about compromise, right? Any relationship you're in, you you're not going to get 100 percent of what you want. Maybe not 80, maybe not 60, maybe not 50, but you want to at least feel like you're heard. Yep. And um, and then you know you, you can respect that. So yeah, uh, yeah. I think, so being able to listen and being able to challenge in the right way, I think, are two big things. Yeah, that's a really good one. I think one of the things that I have already been thinking about is. You know, the word no doesn't mean never, right? Like sometimes, and you, you know, the goal is to get to yes. So, you know, let's eliminate no from our vocabulary and make it not now and then make not now into, well, we could do this then if this happens and then get that done. And then eventually you're at like, okay, we're almost there. And then you get to yes, right? So yeah. if, you, if you work with a coach or, or, or anybody on what they're trying to do and why and it's important and you agree that it's, you know, it's a worthwhile endeavor – yeah, saying no, just like you said, it just shuts down 
it shuts down the hope that maybe one day you'll get there. But also, back to your point about challenging people, if every time that you're coming up with an idea, I say, yeah, forget that, then then I'm not even holding up my end of the, the bargain of the challenge, right? Like if you're out there thinking yeah. outside the box, I've got to at least reward it with a, hey, we can't do this now, but here's why. And if these couple things happen, we could do it. So let's keep let's keep working towards it, right? Yeah, exactly. Nice. Exactly. And, and I feel like as a, as a coach, I want uh, – certainly none of us you know, are perfect. And so um, there are certain things that I'm doing in my program that – I see a certain way and it's nice to, even though the athletic director isn't in every practice, there isn't, they're not in every game. Um, they understand, you know, they understand what we're trying to do. And so just, but they might ask, you know, like Diamond might ask, Hey, well, why, why are you doing it that way? Or have you thought about this way? And it's just to be challenged like that is a healthy thing. And yeah. just to be able to see it from a different uh, point of view, I, I think is really important. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, all really good stuff. Anything else that like I haven't asked that you're, you're thinking, well, as we've been talking here this last 20, 30 minutes, that would be good to get out there for anybody who might be interested, or including myself? Um, no, you know, I, I think, it, again, this is just a lot of fun to, to be on the podcast, and, and I hope that, you know, whoever's listening can at least take, take some things from it, and um, hopefully we can, we'll see about Saturday, this, uh, this Vikings-Niners game, how, uh, I'm, I'm going to stick, you know, I'm, I'm a loyal fan, I've been a, a yeah. Minnesota guy through and through, so I got to stick with them, and, uh, we're going to come up with the upset, I'm going to say 24 to 20. Ooh, look at you, I 20, love it. 20, 24 to 20, so I'm going to go on record saying that. Dude, I like and, it. And, uh, we'll, we'll have to have a recap maybe next week, see I'll tell you what, but. especially, especially if, you know, let's, let's do one of the, you know, in, in the playoffs, everything's if necessary, right? So, if if this team happens to do what you said, whether it's twenty four to twenty or whatever, you're kind of have to come back next week to, to do a preview of the next round, right? I mean, we're gonna do we're gonna do a special edition. Uh, we're gonna stick with Tuesday night. We're, not, we're gonna stay away from Monday night for whatever reason. We'll yep. stick with the Tuesday night edition. Yep. And uh, yep, definitely no no, no Monday nights. No Monday nights for the for the rest of the season for sure. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Well, hey, man, no, that's awesome. I'm, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm, pumped, I'm pumped for you and, and, and your new move, and, and uh, you know, you're going to do great things, and, and they're going to be lucky to have you. And, Thanks, uh, man. Just, en- just enjoy it, man. It, it's, your, your two is going to be better than your one. Your three is going to be better than your two. Your four is going to be better than your three. So you just, you know, you, you don't know what you don't know. So just, um, I'm, I'm excited for you, man. They're, they're lucky to have you. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate that. Uh, stick around for a minute. We'll catch up a little bit offline here. But, ladies and gentlemen, from the great. Twin City area of Minnesota, Abel Slassy. Uh, also, you can catch him on the McAllister basketball Twitter account, whatever, see how they're doing because it's uh, it's a good story they're working on there in, in uh, the beautiful great white north of uh, Minnesota. Land of 10,000 lakes, right? Land of 10,000 lakes. Exactly. You know, we actually, we'll lead on this. There, there's actually over 11,000. People don't know it, but, but 10,000 is kind of a nice round yeah. number. So that's like 11,400 something. I don't even know the exact number, wow. but, but, uh, but 10,000 has a nice ring to it. Well, so. I'll tell you what, that's a really, that's a really fun fact that we didn't know. So we just, we just learned something, you know, <laughs> uh, beautiful. All right, guys, filibuster freestyle, check us out. Uh, filibusterfreestyle.com. Check out uh, all the social media platforms. You already know them and love them. Hopefully if you don't love them, you know, that's okay too. But, Abe, stick around for a minute. We'll catch up. Happy New Year once again, and thanks for being on. Thanks, Jeff. Same to you, my man.